Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano. Peter Sampson is up next with The Pulse from 6 to 7 on 750 The Game. Okay, at the beginning of the season, Georgia whacked Oregon 49-3 to in week one. And I started looking, researching, trying to find an approximation some kind of coach who was a first-time, first-year head coach who had endured a bad loss in his very first game. Like Chip Kelly comes to mind, right? Had the Boise State loss, LeGarrette Blunt, the punch, all that. It was a nightmare. But what about coaches that just absolutely got destroyed on the field and turned it around and went on to go to a Rose Bowl? Because could that be Dan Lanning's story this year? Certainly if they beat Utah tomorrow, it's in the cards. But uh, JP, one of our crack researchers here, uh, brought up a coach that fits the bill. USC lost to Missouri in 1976. It so happened that John Robinson was a first-time, first-year head coach at USC. So we got to thinking, hey, let's track down John Robinson. So I spent weeks and weeks and weeks trying to get to John Robinson and exchanging messages with John Robinson. And I finally got a hold of him, and we have him now. And welcoming to the show, longtime USC head coach, national champion in 1978, Rose Bowl, went to the Rose Bowl as a player, by the way, at the University of Oregon. That's where he went to school. Then he became an assistant coach at the University of Oregon. Then later went on to become the USC head coach twice, 1976, then again later 1993, watched at UNLV. Uh, coach John Robinson joining us. Coach, gotta, tell us what a day in the life of John Robinson at age 87 is? Well, so a day in the life is a lot of reading and I kind of enjoying myself. I like that. You deserve it. Um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to get you on because Dan Lanning is a first-year, first-time head coach, and I was looking at other coaches who had kind of been through this, and he's at Oregon, and you were at USC in 1976. You, you took over the USC program, and... You lost your first game, and but you you fixed that. And you made a Rose Bowl that season, and could you remember back that what that was like that first year at USC building a program? Well, I can remember the first game. It was against the University of Missouri. Everybody was excited, and we just got the hell kicked out of us. And uh, and I remember just saying, "This job's harder than I thought," but I. I we did write the ship kind of and went to the Rose Bowl and uh, wound up number two in the nation. When you look back at that year, you know you go eleven and one, you go to the Rose Bowl. But after week one, you probably wondered if you were ever going to win a game. Uh, how did you? How did you sort of attack week two? How did you fix that? Well, I went to the team and said, "I know what's wrong." <laughs> I didn't, but I pretended like I did, and uh, I think. We really set about a plan. Uh, I'm sure if it was right or wrong, but uh, we just set out, and this is what we're going to do. And we played the University of Oregon, uh, my old alma mater, and 
and they were a good team. Uh, uh, Rich Brooks was the coach, and they were a good team. Yeah, you talk about your time at Oregon. You you not only played there, you started your coaching career there as an assistant in 1960, and you were with Len Casanova and Jerry Fry. What do you remember from that time at Oregon? Oh, the life was great. Uh, I had a lot of fun, a lot of friends who uh, lived in Eugene, um, and, and it was just a great time. Um, there and uh, Eugene is in Oregon as a whole. Great places. The uh, the Pac-8 became the Pac-10, became the Pac-12. We're seeing changes now. What do you think of USC, UCLA possibly leaving for the Big Ten? Well, I think I, I don't like it. You know, it's like anybody, I guess, when you get old, things to stay the same. Uh, you know, it's changing, and uh, I guess we got to get used to the change. But the fact of, of players making so much money, uh, we've got a, a – I live in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and we've got a – a uh, 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 gymnastics person is going to make $2 million. Uh, how the heck does that happen? So, you know, you, you just kind of wonder what the heck is going on. You know, Coach John Robinson is our guest, uh, you know, national champion in 1978, five-time conference champion, four-time four Rose Bowl champion, and, you know, you've been around a lot of winning. Uh, 1958, you go to the Rose Bowl with Oregon as a player on that Oregon team. Uh, what was that experience like uh, going to a Rose Bowl? Oh, oh, it was great. It was a bunch of bunch of hicks from Oregon coming to the big city. We <laughs> stayed at the Ambassador Hotel, which was a great hotel at the time. Uh, I, it just everything about it was great, and we played great. We could have won the game. Ohio State was the number one team in the nation and one of the great teams, uh, they said, uh, but we almost beat them. We only had 45, 46 guys on our roster, so it was, uh, it was the the mighty mites. You know, when you uh, you know on that team too, you had Jack Crabtree at quarterback. He was he was I think he was the MVP of that Rose Bowl, even though he was on the losing side. And you know, it wasn't like you had Phil Knight and Nike backing the program at that time. And you know, it must have felt good to get on the national stage. It, it was it was great, and we didn't know any better. We just thought, you know, I'd bring them on. <laughs> Who are these Ohio State guys? And uh, and we we really did play well. We had a bunch of competitive men uh, on that team that uh, just liked to play, and and we we did a great, I think, a great coaching job. Uh, Jack Roach. Uh, uh, John McKay all were, were, were both, uh, you know, assistants on that staff, and uh, it was a great, great experience. You know, you go uh, from college football into the NFL with the Raiders as an assistant and then the uh, head of the Rams, and then you get back to college, and obviously after USC, you're at UNLV. You had a lot of different experiences. Did coaching change? Did, did the game change, or did you just get older and maybe wiser? <laughs> I don't know if I got any wiser, but uh, I think the game changes all, all, all the time. But it also stays the same amidst the change. Uh, keep, I think it's important that people recognize that the things that work uh, continue to work. Uh, blocking, tackling, those kind of things uh, uh, are cliches, but they are. <laughs> 
very important. Do you have football dreams? Like, you know, at 87 years old, do you do you wake up in the middle of the night thinking it's third and three from the uh, from your own 40, you know, and you you got to call a play? No, I don't. Uh, I, I, you know, I have some some memories about things, and uh, every once in a while, and I can't go to sleep thinking about something. But uh, for the most part, no. What keeps you up? What's that thing that you keep thinking about that you know you you go to sleep thinking you know maybe I could have done that differently? Oh. I don't think there's any one thing of you know. Every once in a while, there are games that you that you look at and and think about and uh, obscure games, but uh, games that you that you should have gone. I, I know there's a UCLA game that I I should have gone for down. We were down on the goal line with the about a minute to go in the game, and our, our quarterback threw an interception on the one. Uh, you know, things like that, that you, you go, how could we have called that play? Coach, you got USC and UCLA playing this weekend. How big was that rivalry when you were there? Oh, it was big. And, and both teams were in the top ten. Uh, both teams just kind of hated each other. Uh, it was uh, a big deal. And, uh, and like I say, both teams were very good and uh, had really outstanding teams. Coach, uh, you know, you, you get a lot of young coaches who probably over the years have reached out to you and you've mentored a whole bunch of coaches in your coaching tree. But what kind of advice do you give a first-year coach like Dan Lanning at Oregon who, you know, he got kicked in the teeth like you did in game one by Georgia. They came back. They've lost another disappointing game last week. And what kind of advice do you generally give young coaches when they reach out? Oh, just, you know, just the typical things. Do what you know how to do and and don't don't uh, don't pretend to do something that's that's not realistic i mean you know i mean the the, the player that plays uh, he, if you get them to stay together have some sense of discipline uh then you're going to be okay coach you think you you could still coach today oh i i know i could <laughs> and uh, uh, it's just a question of uh, getting a chance to do it and not being, I, I would get, uh, you know, like I say, I need, need a nap at halftime. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I could be. I love uh, that. John Robinson, our guest. All right, before I cut you loose, you know, uh, you, you had a lot of fun. I'm sure when you look back, you go, gosh, great memories, great players, uh, national championship and all those bowl games. Did, at the time, did it feel fun to you, or is it more of a you're in the moment, you're working, you're always sort of worried about the next play and don't have time to enjoy it while you're in it? I think a little of both. I, I think it's there's there's fun and always fun in it uh, when you're when you're doing everything the best you can. But uh, you know, I think I, I think anytime you're totally immersed and totally involved in something uh you're having fun and i, I think that defines uh fun to me is is doing the best you can and and making sure your team is is ready to play we're putting together a john robinson all-star team who's who's the first pick that comes to mind best player who would you start that team with Oh, I don't know for sure. Uh, uh, Dan Fouts, uh, 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 Ahmad Rashad, 
uh, 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 Marcus Allen. Those are all names that that come to mind. Uh, I tell you, guys, I, you know, I was uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, on the edge here, but uh, just now uh, we had a, a quarterback. Joe Burrow played for us at at LSU. I was kind of like a, a, a an advisor down there. And uh, I thought he was one of the great players. So, and I think he's going to have a career like that. Uh, but there are a whole bunch of guys that I can remember as being as being great players. I remember Charles White in your backfield. Uh, he wasn't bad Charles either. Charles White was running. Yeah, Charlie was a great one. Yes. All right, Coach. I really appreciate you making time for us, giving us some of your wisdom and expertise. Uh, I hope you're doing well and. Uh, I just wanted you to know we were thinking about you. Like, you came to mind as I looked at Dan Lanning, and I thought, gosh, is there another example of a coach who maybe lost game one and then turned it around? And and somebody reached out and said, John Robinson, 1976. Well, uh, I appreciate it. It was good talking to you. And, uh, the, the Ducks are uh, still, still uh, my favorite, and uh, uh, I, I'm sure they're going to continue to do well. John Robinson, yeah. thank you. A little bit nostalgic on today's show. It's a Friday. Why not? we got a bunch of Pac-12 games coming up this weekend. John Robinson, uh, longtime USC coach, national champion in 1978. There he goes. Coming up later in the show, we continue with the nostalgia theme. Joe Starkey, the voice of Cal football and the 49ers. Joe Starkey retiring. He's hanging it up all these years later. You guys remember the play with Joe Starkey? Come on. How could you forget the play? Joe Starkey, he is retiring. He's calling his final big game tomorrow. Here's the play with Joe Starkey. Ball comes loose and the Bears have to get out of bounds. Rodgers along the sideline. Another one. They're still in deep trouble at midfield. They tried to do a couple of... The ball is still loose as they get it to Rodgers. They give it back down to the 30. They're down to the 20. All the band is out on the field. He's going to go. statewide back to the bald-faced truth with john canzano on 750 the game a 
loved that interview with John Robinson. Loved it. He was fantastic. Could he still coach today? It's a different game. Different game, but, man, good stuff from John Robinson, uh, longtime USC coach. Coming up top of the hour, you're going to hear from uh, Joe Starkey, the play-by-play voice of California football. He'll be calling his final big game. He's hanging it up. He's got two more games this season. He's hanging it up. He's retiring. He's going into the sunset. Is he really retiring or is he Tom Brady retiring? Uh, But he's going off into the sunset and uh, going to call his final big game tomorrow. Guys, Stanford Cal, can we weigh in on this game? Anybody like Stanford in this game? Anybody picking Stanford? How good do you feel about Cal? How do you see that big game? I had a friend today reach out to me who said, hey, how certain are you about your pick on this game? I like Cal, and uh, I think that if, you, uh, if you're really handicapping this game, uh, you know, Cal's favored by five. I think they're going to cover. They're at home. Again, home favorites in the Pac-12 conference. They cover at a very high clip, almost 70% of the time. And uh, home favorites win the game outright uh, almost with certainty up until last week when we had two uh, road dogs win. But Cal at home against hapless Stanford, I like Cal a little better. Yeah, I think both teams are equally bad. Uh, so for that, like, I'm going to just take the points and hope that Stanford can cover. Like, I don't feel good about it, but I also don't know if Cal should be favored you know, by almost a touchdown over anybody. So for like for that reason, like I just I have to take Stanford, but I don't feel good about it. I thought Peter made a really good point about it yesterday, how you know they fire Musgrave, the offensive coordinator, they're yep. bringing in the new one. Are is Cal gonna get that bump? You know, a lot of times you see a coach is fired. Totally. So, someone new gets in and, and maybe they they pull a trick play or you know, but they play a lot more loose. That could happen. Uh so I wouldn't be surprised if Cal you know, really comes out and actually has a solid offensive performance, but they've just been both so bad. You you talked about body work. The body work for these two teams have been bad all year, so I'm just going to take the points and uh, hope hope that Stanford can cover, but I feel uh, not good about it. I have to reluctantly lay the points with Cal. I think the offensive coordinator thing is real, so with, with Musgrave out, maybe they play with a little bit of edge and urgency knowing that hey these are real guys established guys losing their jobs you know these college kids sometimes don't understand that and uh, I think this this gives Cal a little bit more of an edge on offense and frankly I'm just pissed at Stanford so go yeah Cal. I, I, I look you know Bernard Muir the Stanford athletic director came out earlier in the week and he did what is normally the kiss of death for a coach he said you know we're not going to make any changes on our football staff until the end of the season. I, he was essentially signaling that David Shaw is safe, but they're going to um, probably look at replacing an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator or somebody on the Stanford staff or telling David Shaw he's got to do something differently. I just I think that if David Shaw's job was actually in jeopardy, that there's a chance that Stanford could come, come out and really play for him. And, and I think those Stanford kids would come out and play hard for David Shaw. But conversely, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to line up with you guys here because a lot of times when you look at a, uh, you know, a coach who is leaving a program, a lot of times we look at it and we go, you know what, um, you know, the kids, they, they felt like they were constrained a little bit or they felt like, you know, they – they were limited in what they could do. I kind of have the feeling 
that uh, the Cal players are going to really celebrate offensively in this game. They're giving up five. I like them. I think they have a better offense than Stanford. They're at home in this game. Joe Starkey on the play. You know, I think I think Cal wins by a touchdown or more. And and if there's a blowout, I think it would be. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face. Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but. If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.